Well, hi friends. It is so great to be with you all this morning. Um, thank you so much for having me. I would obviously much rather to be with you in person and be able to see your faces, but it's still such a privilege to be able to speak to you this morning. And uh, I just feel very excited for you guys as a church. I know that you are looking at a series called Scattered. And uh, I know that Peter recommended um, Alan Scott's book, Scattered Servants. It's fun because um, I read that actually over this summer break and I was really inspired by it and really provoked by it. And I just, I just feel a resonance with what you're looking at at the moment. And I think, you know, when we go after the stuff that's in God's heart, he loves to show up. So I'm just excited for you guys. And interestingly, also for me, through the, through the summer, uh, as I've been just spending time with God, he's been speaking to me about um, the scripture in Matthew chapter 6, where Jesus instructs everyone, seek first the kingdom. And uh, what I love about that passage is that it's part of a paragraph that's been entitled, do not do not be anxious, do not be anxious. And so I feel like God's been speaking to me about the fact that, you know, the remedy for worry or anxiety is actually seek first the kingdom. You know, in this passage, Jesus says, don't be anxious about anything. Don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear. Your father already knows what you need. Instead, seek first the kingdom and everything else will get worked out. And I've been feeling freshly provoked in this season to Keep the main thing the main thing. This is what we're called to. This is what we're here for. We're here to talk about Jesus and to reveal how amazing he is wherever we go. You know, whether that's in an obvious way, in an overt way, like by praying for someone or prophesying or sharing the gospel, or whether it's more covert, you know, shifting the culture in a workplace, apologizing to someone when you get something wrong, encouraging the people around you. It, however it looks, this is what we're called. This is what we're called to do, and so I'm excited for the journey you're on, and I'm excited to share with you this morning. And I know you're looking through the book of Philippians, but I'm going to go slightly off piece today and look at a bit of a passage in Acts chapter ten, and we're going to look at verse thirty-seven and thirty-eight. And uh, I want to just help us to look at how do we, as we are scattered, how do we seek first the kingdom. And obviously, I think the best person to look at is, is Jesus and, and Jesus' life and what he did and how he did it. And so we're going to look at Acts chapter 10 and verse 37. And just a bit of context for you. Jesus has now gone back to heaven. The disciples have been anointed with the Holy Spirit. They're out bringing the kingdom wherever they go. Uh, but they've been focusing on the, Jew, on the Jews up to this point. But at this point in the scripture, suddenly God opens up the gospel to everybody. And what happens is uh, Peter, through a series of supernatural events, Peter finds himself at the house of Cornelius, who's a Gentile. And the, uh, Cornelius has gathered his whole household. And when Peter rocks up, Cornelius says, we want to learn everything Jesus commanded you. Please tell us. And so Peter begins to tell them all about Jesus. And then in verse 37, he says this, and it says, you yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John proclaimed, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. I just love that that's the way Peter summarised the life of Jesus. He was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went around doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. I just love that. And, and my conviction is that the summary of Jesus' life that Peter uses here can be the summary of all of our lives. Wouldn't that be amazing? 
If you substitute your name in there. Wendy was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. She went around doing good, healing all who are oppressed by the devil, for God was with her. And I just, I really believe that we are all called to live the life that Jesus modelled, that he modelled the normal Christian life. So how do we do it? How do we see God's kingdom come wherever we go? Well, let's learn a few lessons from Jesus because um, he modelled the normal Christian life and we get to step into his shoes. So what can we learn? Well, I think the first thing we can learn is about being anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. Now, Jesus was first anointed with the Holy Spirit at his baptism. A beautiful moment when he comes out of the water, the heavens are torn open and the Holy Spirit descends on him like a dove. And the Father speaks from heaven, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. And Jesus really modelled this lifestyle of just intimacy with the Father, of knowing who the Father was, about prioritising time with him, and also knowing who he was as a dearly loved son. And in my experience, I think two keys, there are two really significant keys when it comes to living the life Jesus modelled. I'm still learning about this, but they are, they are these. Number one, you've got to understand who God is as your father, not just as head knowledge, but through revelation as experience. Also, you've got to understand who God says you are, that you are a dearly loved son or daughter who's been adopted into his family. And if you get these two things, if you get revelation of these two things, it changes everything. And what's brilliant to know is that it's all a work of the Spirit. You can't work your way into revelation. You can't strain to understand this more fully. It's a work of the Spirit. In fact, in Romans chapter 8, Paul writes this. He says, you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God. In other words, it's the Holy Spirit who enables us to cry, Abba, Father. It's also the Holy Spirit who shows us that we're sons and daughters. It's a work of the Spirit. And that's why it's so important to prioritise time in God's presence, to develop a friendship and a relationship with the Holy Spirit, to let him fill you again and again and again, because it's him and only him who's going to be able to give you revelation of who God is as Father and who he says you are as a son or daughter. And you know, when you understand this stuff, when you get revelation of this stuff, it changes how you reach out. It changes how you behave when you are scattered and looking to bring the kingdom in a few different ways. Number one, it makes you more effective at loving people because you can't give away what you haven't received. But the more you realize how loved you are, the more love will just flow out of you to the people around you. Secondly, gives you increased security and confidence to speak to people about Jesus, to step out of your comfort zone because you know you're loved, because you know you can step out and get it wrong and get it right. No matter what happens, you are still loved. Your identity doesn't change. The Father still loves you. And also, number three, it gives you increased expectation of what God wants to do through you. Because when you get to know the Father and you understand what he's like, you understand how big he is, you understand that he's healer, your expectation automatically rises. When I rock up in this situation, if I pray right now, something is going to happen. And so it's really important that we develop friendship with the Holy Spirit because one of the keys to us stepping into all God's called us to is to be anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power, to know who God is as our Father and to know who he says we are. So that's the first thing. I think the second thing we can learn from this passage 
in terms of what it looks like to seek first the kingdom is go around doing good. And I love that Peter includes this in this passage because I think some people dis, um, dis, not discourage themselves, disqualify themselves from living this kind of lifestyle because they compare themselves to other people and they think, well, they're more confident, they're more bold, they've got loads more faith, they've seen breakthrough before, this kind of stuff is for them but not for me. I'm a bit too quiet or I've never seen anything before or whatever it might be. But I think when Peter writes this, it just blows all that out of the water because he says Jesus went around doing good. I mean, that's just a nuts summary of the life of Jesus. He went around doing good. I love it because we can all do it. All of us can go around doing good. And, you know, it's powerful when, when we do that because the foundation of, of all kingdom bringing has got to be love. We've got to have love in our hearts for the people in front of us. And when you go around and you love the people in front of you and you do good to them, whatever that looks like, their hearts begin to crack open to the reality of who God is and to the gospel. You know, the Bible tells us it's the kindness of God that leads people to repentance. And when we go around and we are kind to people, what we do is we get to demonstrate a small part of what the Father's like. And you know, people are desperate for love. There's not a load of kindness around in the world at the moment. So when we go around and we, I don't know, we encourage someone or we smile at someone or we just ask someone, how are you feeling? How are you doing? Or we sit and we listen well. As we go around doing good, we reveal something of the kindness of God and it's his kindness that leads people to repentance. And bit by bit, their hearts begin to crack open to to the reality that there is a God and that he loves them. And what's fun for me is that as we go around doing good, what I've seen happen is often as we go around doing that, God will open up opportunities for conversations or encounters for us to talk about Jesus and give the gospel. But it starts with going around doing good and loving the person in front of us. I remember um, being in a, a coffee shop not so long ago and the manager of the store was sat down at a table with someone else and they looked like they were having a meeting. And I figured it was to do with the store and how the manager was doing, maybe an appraisal or something. And I thought to myself, I could step in here and just encourage the manager and say how, she, how, brilliant, how brilliant she's doing. Had to push her a bit of awkwardness, thought I don't want to interrupt them, is that going to be a bit weird? But I thought, no, I'm going to do that. So I just leaned across the table and I said, hey, are you talking about work? And they were, and I just said, oh, I just want to say, this woman, she's brilliant at what she does, and this, this is a brilliant coffee shop. I just, I just encouraged her, and I spoke truth and praised her, and then that was it. Now, have I had a conversation about Jesus? No. Uh, have I prophesied over her? No. Has the kingdom advanced a bit? Yeah, it has. I've gone around and I've done good, and who knows what's been planted in her heart just through that conversation. All of us can do this. We can't guarantee that people are going to get healed. We can't guarantee people are going to get the breakthrough they're longing for. But we can always guarantee people will feel loved by us. And that's massively powerful. So go around doing good. The third thing we can learn about this and how to seek first the kingdom is that Jesus healed all who are oppressed by the devil. Jesus healed all who are oppressed by the devil. There was a supernatural power element to the life Jesus modelled. And the truth is that the same Holy Spirit who anointed Jesus 
now anoints us and in fact lives inside of us and wants to flow through us. You know, when, we, when I'm talking about the Holy Spirit living in us and wanting to flow through us, I'm actually talking about God. The God of the universe, by his spirit, lives inside of us and wants to throw, flow through us. I don't understand it, but that's the truth. And the truth is that we have been hardwired by God to have an appetite for the impossible. When we see impossible situations, what should rise up in us is, hang on a minute, with God, nothing is impossible. That's what scripture, scripture teaches us, isn't it? Nothing is impossible with God. All things are possible for those who believe. And you know, the truth is that when we love people, and when we have love in our hearts, we'll go around doing good and we want to serve people practically and we want to encourage people and we want to listen well to people. But the love in our hearts should also motivate us to want to see supernatural breakthrough to want to see people healed of their pain, to want to see people set free from spiritual oppression, to want to see supernaturally marriages restored. That's how we've been wired because we are his kids and that's what he's like. And you know, it's not that some people do the practical help and other people do the supernatural. No, no, it's all linked together. When you love someone, if they've got cancer, you love, you love them by going to appointments with them, by sitting and listening to them, by letting them cry with you. You also love them by praying for a miracle because we serve and follow a miracle working God and that is what Jesus demonstrated. He healed all who were oppressed by the devil. And you know, the, when, we, when we do this, when we look to bring God's kingdom, it can look like a whole load of different things. When God's kingdom comes, it can look like joy and comfort and peace when someone's wrestling with anxiety supernaturally peace can break into their heart and and change their situation it can look like people being set free it can look like healing I'll just give you a little story um a while ago now i was uh, having some hospital hospital tests and i was having to have an mri scan you know that when you have to go into that tube and uh, I'm a little bit claustrophobic, although I was able to listen to music, which was really good. And so I was in the MRI scanner, and it's about 20 minutes or so, and I remembered a story of a friend of mine who'd gone to the dentist and in the waiting room had asked God for a word of knowledge for the dentist. And I'd been so inspired by the story because, I don't know about you, but when I'm at the dentist, I am not thinking, God, what do you want to say to my dentist? I'm thinking, please God, I don't want to have to have any treatment. So anyway, I'm in this MRI scanner and I remember this story and I think to myself, rather than freaking out in here and getting anxious, I could seek first the kingdom and I could begin to ask God for a word of knowledge. And so I just began to pray and I began to pray and ask God for a word of knowledge for the, the guy doing the scanning um, and also for the receptionist. And God began to speak to me and when the, when the scan had finished, I came out and shared the stuff with the guy who'd done the scanning and it really made sense to him. It was like a prophetic word. And then I went out to the receptionist and I, and I just said to her, you know, I'm sorry, this might sound a little bit weird, but while I was in the scanner, I was praying for you and I feel like God's spoken to me for you. And I felt like he said to me that you've got a problem with um, the, the top of your spine in your neck, that you've got pain in your neck. And uh, she said to me, um, oh yeah, I have. Now, I don't know if you've ever experienced this before. Suddenly, I felt faith rise. When I was first asking, I was like, this is weird. She said, yes. I was like, oh, well, 
let me tell you, I think God told me that you've got a pain in your neck because he wants to heal you. Can I pray for you? And she said, yeah, that's fine. So I, I took her hand and uh, this was before we weren't able to be in physical contact with people. I took her hand and I just prayed a very simple prayer over the desk. And I encouraged her to move her neck and to try it out. And after a couple of times of prayer, she was completely healed. All the pain had gone. Um, I don't know who was more surprised, her or me, but I got to talk to her a little bit about Jesus and uh, just share about him. And it was, a, it was a beautiful encounter of the kingdom crashing in, um, in power and bringing relief to her pain that she was feeling. It was just a beautiful, beautiful moment. Also, not so long ago, I was out on a run and uh, I was living with this Seek First the Kingdom and I ran past a girl down the bottom of the street and as I ran past, I felt the Holy Spirit said, I want you to go back and talk to her, offer to pray. So I wasn't immediately obedient because I carried on running around the block, but I figured I will catch up with her. And I stopped her and had a conversation with her and again said, I'm sorry, this is a little bit weird, but I'm a Christian and as I ran past you, I felt God just said to me, go and speak to her and offer to pray. Is there anything I can pray for you about? And it was a beautiful encounter. It was just such a God thing. Um, and I got to encourage her and speak truth to her. I got to pray for her, told her about the church. We exchanged numbers and we've been, been in touch a little bit since. And I'm still praying that God would really break into her heart. Did, did she come all the way through to a place of salvation at this point? Not yet. But do I think it's moved her closer to the Father? Absolutely. Absolutely. God has really uh, begun to open her heart up to him in that moment. Obviously, what you'll notice in both of these stories is the key of obedience. I think that's another reason why we need to get to know God as Father, because when you know him and you love him, you want to do what he asks you to do. And I think God loves it when we're obedient to him. And uh, sometimes I'm obedient, sometimes I'm not. But I think the more I know his love for me and the more I love him, the more I want to say yes to him. And obedience is key when you want to see his kingdom come through you. So Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went around doing good, healing all who are oppressed by the devil. And that same anointing is on us. We get to see God's kingdom come with power. So look out for opportunities. And lastly, how did he do all this? Because God was with him. Because God was with him. And I love this because the same is true for us. The reason Jesus was able to do this stuff is because God was, God was with him. The reason we're able to do all this stuff is because God is with us. The God of the universe is with us. He promises, in fact, never to leave us. I think that just blows my mind. I think if we don't have a response in our heart to this truth, that the God of the universe is with us and will never leave us, we haven't grasped what we're saying. I think we can get so familiar with some of this truth, can't we? But God is with us. That should give us great confidence and great peace. Wherever we go, he is there. That means anything can happen at any moment. God is with us. You know, I love, I love how this little encounter in Acts chapter 10 ends. So, you know, Peter is talking to Cornelius and his household while Peter is still speaking, so before he's finished sharing, we read in verses 44 to 45 that this happens. 
While Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. <coughs> Excuse me. And the believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles. I'm just going to have a little bit of water. My voice has gone very funny. <coughs> Let me say that again. While Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word and the believers from among the circumcised who'd come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles. What's happening here? God is making a very loud and clear statement. The Holy Spirit who anointed Jesus wasn't just for Jesus. The Holy Spirit who anointed the disciples at Pentecost it's not just for the disciples, it's not just for the few, it's not just for the Jews. The Holy Spirit is now available to everyone. In other words, the life that Jesus modelled is not just for Jesus, it's not just for a few select people, it's for every believer. If you believe in Jesus, the same Holy Spirit who anointed him now anoints you. And you are anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. You get to go around doing good, healing all who are oppressed by the devil. Why? Because God's with you. Isn't that amazing? So, so fun and encouraging and should just bring such a sense of security. So I want to encourage you, keep going for it. In your scatteredness, keep looking for opportunities, listen to what God's saying, be obedient to him, Look for opportunities to do good and see what God opens up to you. And I'm excited to hear the many, many stories that I know are going to come from your obedience to him. Why don't you just pray for a moment? Firstly, I just want to say, if you're watching this morning, you don't yet know Jesus. Thank you so much for joining us. And I just want you to know that he loves you so much and he's got amazing plans for your life. And I want to encourage you to just open your heart to him and say, Jesus, I'm not sure about all this. I don't even know if you're real, but I just want to ask that you come and live in my heart. And I'm sorry for where I've been living a different life to the life you want for me. And I want to come into relationship with you. And I want to encourage you, if that is you and if you are someone who wants to start following Jesus, I want to encourage you to get in touch with the church and they're going to be able to help you as you take next steps in that journey. For the rest of us, why don't we just receive for a moment, I'm just going to pray. Yeah, Father, I just want to thank you for your presence. I want to thank you for Bishop Salford Community Church. God, I want to thank you for the journey that you've got them on. I want to thank you, Father, for speaking to them about this whole sub subject of being scattered of bringing the kingdom wherever they go, of the power of the gospel. And I just pray for fresh anointing on them right now. I pray for everyone watching, Holy Spirit, that you'd fill them afresh with your presence. They would be very aware of you anointing them right now to do all that you've called them to do. Father, I pray for fresh revelation for them of who you are as Father and of who you say they are. God, Holy Spirit, come and bring revelation that only you, can, only you can bring. And I just pray for loads of stories of wonderful, wonderful kingdom advance through this church, through these people, in the workplace, in the streets, in families. 
God, just use them. I pray for life to flow through every person watching. God, I thank you that when we say yes to you, we step into life. And so I just to pray, Father, for a sense of excitement for everyone watching, that we are on the right track. This is what we've been commissioned and instructed to do. I just want to pray real quick for two groups of people. First group, anyone who's got a dairy intolerance. We've recently seen someone healed of a dairy intolerance at the church here. I just want to pray for you. And also anyone who you feel like your voice is stuck. It's interesting that my throat went funny as I was preaching because I felt God said he wants to release people's voices today. Uh, Voices to speak about Jesus, to share what's in your heart, to prophesy, whatever it is. And so if either either of those makes sense to you, I just want to pray for you right now. And so, Father, I just pray, anyone who's got a dairy intolerance, I just pray in the name of Jesus for healing in right now into your stomach, into every system that needs it. Whatever causes this dairy intolerance, Father, I speak healing in the name of Jesus right now. And I pray for a release and a freedom for those people to enjoy dairy from this moment on. And Father, I pray for anyone who can relate to their voice feeling trapped or restricted in any way. And I just speak and declare freedom over every voice in Jesus' name. Freedom to speak out, freedom to share the gospel, freedom to share what's in your heart, freedom to prophesy. I just speak to voices right now and I say, be released in the name of Jesus. Be released right now. Holy Spirit, come and set voices free this morning, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, it's been such a privilege to be with you and I hope you're all really, really well and I hope you have a brilliant rest of your week.